all listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Your preview theater of the air. Introducing radio's newest dramatic adventure series, The Adventures of Libra. Preview Theater of the Year, when Hollywood writers, directors, and producers are given an opportunity to introduce to the radio audience fresh and novel program innovation. Here, too, is an opportunity for you to preview and forecast the future star attractions of the radio world. The validity of what you are currently basing your worth on is really greatly based upon where you once were. I'm on year two of Hollywood. My LLC has been holding up pretty well. Much less have they not even figured out that it is me. But if they did, it would certainly change the dynamics. Yeah, my whole point is to not get caught, man, so I don't ever have to deal with the fucking shitty law systems. The fucking, wow, that kind of evil that allows corruption to run rampant. And over those innocents that really just need protection. Not everybody's built for protecting. Most people are just built to be protected. I am not the latter. I am the Libra. coming out of the Staples Convention Center downtown Los Angeles. I've been doing a lot of work with homeless kids out here that need a place to go. It's not so easy just to build these things or make it happen overnight like we would like it to. It takes a lot of work and public registration as some kind of public figure that people can trust. As a cartoonist, people trust me. And I think it's interesting that I put a lot more work into most people. I've heard it on dozens of talk shows, including Joe Rogan talking about me, saying that I do great things and that it's cool because I do underground adult art, but I turn around and take the profit from it. And I do put it into investments of the future, which I consider to be children. It's a good thing they don't see me as the guy I am at night because it's not always about the limelight of the public interest. Unfortunately, to clean up the mess that people don't want to see, but they need to happen. Nobody wins in the end. I'd much rather be getting my dick sucked all day and smoking a bong. Getting worshipped in Japan for being a great cartoonist. All this material ass shit that I totally deserve. But really, you can't even come at it like that because you can't really look with a decent heart and a conscious mind and be like, you know what, this is okay. Anybody who thinks this shit's okay is a part of the fucking problem. The people who don't want to deal with it are usually the people who don't want to confront the fact that their favorite people, movie stars or music phenomenons or political parties have anything to do with this shit. 
It really is the thing that's the problem. In Los Angeles, if you look at it, going after mid-level or low-level fiends is just low-hanging fruit, as I had a friend once put it to me. This is what's going through my head as I walk into the 300 people deep fans of mine who love Super J. But not as much as I'll ever love that kid. Super J is now on its third season on television and people love it all over the world. It's being translated into 160 languages, yada yada yada. Children dig it and it's the first time the barrier has been made to expose child abuse inside of a children's program so that both adults and children can watch it and understand that this is wrong and it's a problem. It's been nice to see all the black communities pull together and do in a cartoon what I couldn't. In reality I do these cartoons but at night I'm like the first two seasons of Dexter. The good stuff. Here comes the paparazzi. There's a guy named Jurgen who's been fucking harassing me. It's been pretty weird lately. I don't think he knows I'm connected to the Libra, but you never know what people know until you actually know what they fucking know. Here comes Jurgen out of all these motherfuckers. Excuse me, Adam Air. Nice to meet you. I'm from TNN Journal. I reply by saying, Yeah, I know who the fuck you are, dude. And he says, well, that's not necessarily the attitude I would expect from someone who's out trying to protect children. And I respond to by saying, What the fuck do you know about protecting children? I haven't seen you or anybody else doing jack shit. And I feel like I'm doing a lot more than your ass who's just harassing me. Have a good day, motherfucker. <laughs> I walk off. Always keeping on cue the Bruce Wayne act I'm delivering to these guys. They'll never put it together, and they look at me like I'm some fucking 50-year-old ex-scum rocker who they think they fucking know something about. And they weren't even around back then. They're just a bunch of millennials who have gotten older now. Jurgen looks into the camera and says, Well, you heard it. Would you trust this guy to protect children? You can hear everybody in the background totally saying, HELL YEAH! And one person even throws an egg at him, which leads the LAPD to circle the crowd to get them to leave. That's exactly what I want. I don't give a fuck about people like Jurgen. They're the ones that create the sensation about me, and it turns into the egg being thrown back into their own fucking face. As I get into my car, being drove by my buddy, who we'll just call Foot from here out. Foot is my driver, and he has been because I don't fucking drive. Foot looks at me through the rearview mirror and says, Where to, boss? And I look back at him through the rearview mirror and I say, Back to HQ, boss. Right back at him. You know, whenever you do pray, if you do believe in God, do yourself a favor and don't say fucking amen. When you say amen, you're actually saying amon. 
Some of you death metal heads out there probably know about Deicide and that little pussy Glenn Benton and his little religious cult status and his album Amon. Just because he knows something doesn't mean that he knows that he's a fucking cowardice little fuck. But yeah, whenever you say the prayer, it could be a really beautiful prayer. But the next thing you know, you say amen, and it reverses itself. It was a nasty little trick made by the church to make sure that no prayers really get answered. I don't give a fuck if you believe me. It doesn't really matter. But I'll tell you this, if you look at the little demon Amon... He looks like a little demon with a scorpion tail, and he's got a dragon body, and he's got a little chicken head with some weird arms coming off of him that have shackles that have been broken around his hands. His illustration of him looks like he's burping fire, but every time you say amen at the end of your prayer, he burps it up in a fireball, and it destroys the prayer. That's the reality of it. I learned it a while back inside of the time of the portal, which is now over with. I remember when I was in the portal, and it felt like the dream vortex. It's not every day the creator of all asks you to work for him. And I'm more of the Gnostic end of shit, to where even the creator is more of a female to me, or it used to be, I think. But now, lately, it's been more of a dad or a male and, and probably has for the, like the better part of my life now. The creator of all and I are best friends. I always address him as being one of the greatest writers, as he is really the only writer. Eventually, you come to find out that the creator is totally alone the closer you get to him. He tries to give you so much room between you and him, but in the end, it's just him. I remember way back in 2020 when he'd asked me to be his art therapist. (laughs) By the time he asked me that, I had been working for him for 16 years and the portal was already three years old. My faith was never shaken, except for when the Jeffrey Epstein case and the trial of the Galeem Maxwell and her release of eight names that the Worcester court magistrate decided to withhold from the public That didn't last very long, but it didn't really matter by the time the names came out because nobody knew who the fuck they were anyway. The only thing that really mattered was that there was a fucking problem. The portal exposed the problem, and after 2018, you never really heard the term Pizzagate ever fucking again. Detective Mike McCola, he's the head of operations for the Children's Crime Department of the LAPD. He's got a high established rank as a police officer, whether he deserved it or not is another question. I really wasn't there. I can tell you what I see now, as I've been trailing him since I went after Shell the Possessor about a month ago. The news outreach was all over the place, they had no idea who to look for, but I can tell you what they found. A penthouse in the Silver Lake District packed with dead pedophile bodyguards of these pedophiles. 
and 11 kids were rescued. It was all over the news for about 20 minutes until the Kardashians came on and started talking about what their next peanut butter and jelly sandwich was going to taste like, and nobody gave a fuck after that. I did do some background work on Mike McCullough, and I saw that he really wasn't a faithful guy, not only to his job, which he had loose leak ends to big-time employees like Spielberg and all the other guys who would just suddenly have a case drop off the map because, you know, nobody's going to touch them. But I did see that through tracking him through West Hollywood, that he does like to go incognito and dress really lowbrow so nobody can really make out that he would never be engaged to the senator of California's daughter. Oh, God, no. No, he was a fucking weasel too, man. Let's just call it like it is. I trailed this guy for like three weeks, and all he did was go into cheap-ass motels and jack off the fucking basketball wives in a room for about an hour, if you can believe that. And he had an affair with two women. And oh, big surprise. Just now, 18 young supervisor by the name of Troy Jackson. Nothing shocking out here, but very awesome details I got. And I got enough on his ass. At one point, I decided to go to a pool hall that he frequents up in West Hollywood, close to the Rainbow Room. Inside are a plethora of hookers with botched-ass pathetic plastic surgeries that, you know, filled the pockets of bad doctors, pockets with the money of daddy's money. In the background, you see where the cops hang out, and there's Mike McCullough playing pool. And I gotta admit, he's not really that bad. Doesn't matter, I'm still going to let him win. I approach the pool table, and I put two quarters on the table and the cops laugh. Mike McCullough responds, Yo, do you know what the hell you're doing here? I respond by saying, No, not really, I guess. I was just looking for a friendly pool game. Mike McCullough responds by saying, Oh, you'll get a pool game, but I don't know how friendly it'll be. After I have purchased purposefully botched pool shots for myself and a little light questioning about what we were doing with each other's careers, I get enough to say, well, gentlemen, have a nice night. It was nice to meet you, and I end up waving goodbye like a big dork with these disgruntled-ass cops giving me the scowl of the century. As I go out to the car where Foot's waiting for me, Mike McCullough comes out from behind like he's going to front me or something. I've got Foot trained to shoot on command. And he does take out his 9mm that he's got poised on his lap, but I shake my head lightly no. And he knows why, and he puts the piece back in his pants. Slowly, McCullough comes up to me and just says, Is your fucking boy going to front me? I was like, No, he's just my driver. What can I do for you, officer? He goes, Next time you come into my club, bring some real money to play, motherfucker. I say, I will. And he kind of looks at me for about 30 seconds, which was more measured out into about one minute. And then he gets into his car and pills the fuck out. I get into the car and I look at Foot, and Foot looks at me with his one eye that he's got left on his face. It's one like more of the serious eyes I've ever looked at. 
When I get back to the toy store, I send Foot home for the night. He lives in North Hollywood, and all he likes to do is go home and turn on some country music and put on a pot of Folgers and kick back and wait for me to call him in. I like it simple. I like that I got a good driver, and he's way more than a driver. He's more of a brother. Anyway, by this point, I happen to sit back on my couch, which I brought from a dealer who said that he got it in Malta, and it just happens to be one of the more comfortable pieces of furniture I've ever had the joy of laying upon. As I do, I think about the old gang who ran the portal with me, the four spirits, Esmeralda, Mary Magdalene, Baron Somdi, and Mother Mary. Those are the four spirits I got to work with. Those are the old friends of mine that left, and they did their job so that we could get here to this day. Right now, I just think about Esmeralda. I'm thinking about her, and I'm thinking about my next visit to Mr. Detective Fornicator and just about all-time cheating motherfucker, Mike McCullough. Not only am I thinking about that stuff, but I'm thinking about what the media is probably thinking about right now after my newest hit last night. This guy wasn't the big fish, but he knew big fish, and I knew that he had hurt some children. Jorheem Waterbury, Burbank Animation exec, balances and bounces from Disney to Warner, working on little children's programs and stuff like that. He's one of these fucking assholes that gets to stick around in the department. Because shadow ops from the FBI working with the LAPD are keeping their eye on this motherfucker, but they never seem to get the right fucking move, you know? This guy cost me my job, man, because he felt like diddling kids. (laughs) My shadow op friend in the inside, she warned me not to get this job because she knew I would just fucking kill this guy. This was about eight years ago. Guess who's still fucking working in there? But after last night, guess who ain't? I drove outside the motherfucker's house, knew he was home. He really got me feeling creative, man. I decided, you know what? I think I'm going to get sloppy tonight. I think I'm going to use my chainsaw. That's right. <laughs> I did get fucking creative too, motherfucker. You know, (laughs) deciding to use my chainsaw as the weapon of choice to detach this guy from furthering damaging of children was one of the best moves I could have come up with. He may want to cause in the future, I thought, but as it stands, he doesn't have any hands left, so that means no technical work for him. He ain't got no junk left either, because I made sure of it. All I did was Carteroy's grind with a fucking branding iron, just stopping the blood long enough to stop causing enough severe pain from his dickless crotch to serve as a remembrance day that he is done. And every time he looks at that fucking space that's all scarred up and fucked up looking, he's going to remember all these kids he fucked up 
I plan on letting a few of these kids know when they're older where this guy is so they can just go ahead and take care of this fucking asshole when they are adults. As well as they should, if they want to, it's their choice. Authorities would have found blood on the ceilings, blood on the walls, blood on the windows. I picture someone like Willem Dafoe from Boondock Saints trying to figure out my motives. Calling me names like, that son of a bitch, or that motherfucker. Shit makes me chuckle inside. Such a scenario reminds me of my mom. And once upon a time, she would have said, if she wasn't a son of a bitch, she'd be a motherfucker. Can't say I don't feel the same way by now. You've been listening to The Adventures of Libra. Now heard weekly on Adam AMD GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Starting now, we couldn't soap all your windows and steal all your garden gates by tomorrow night, so we did the best next thing. We annihilated the world before your very ears and utterly destroyed the CBS. So goodbye, everybody, and remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight. That grinning, glowing, globular invader of your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch, and if your doorbell rings and nobody's there, that was no Martian, it's Halloween. <laughs>